I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we have a special guest, Carissa. Say hello. Uh, hi. <laughs> um, we're at her house. And yet another house. Like, we never actually do this podcast in the same place every time. No. <laughs> no. 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 But today, we're going to talk about Sherlock, the TV show, nothing else. We're not even going to, like, compare it to other shows or anything. We're just going to talk about this one series because there's four seasons of it. And how many episodes? I didn't I didn't really um, correlate. So there's four in the first season if you count the unaired pilot, which I guess... Do you count the unaired pilot? No. Then? So there's three in the first season. <laughs> Fourteen with the unaired pilot. Fourteen with the unaired pilot. Okay. And the abominable bride. And they're each an hour and a half long, which is pretty crazy. Would we ever do a podcast just comparing everything Sherlock? How crazy would that be? Book... Movies, Sherlock and Elementary. <laughs> okay, but like that'd be crazy. There's been so many Sherlock. Yeah, you, you'd have to tie in House, and like House is tech. Yeah, House is Sherlock as well. The hospital show. Yeah, the house. Ho- yeah, yeah. It really? Is. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Also, Psych, right? Um. Yeah. I mean, There's sure. So many. The Great Mouse Detective, a true classic. Oh my oh, god, I love The Great, Great Mouse, Mouse Detective. Detective. I love that movie. That'd have to be in there too. Yeah. Um, Maybe one day. So we thought we'd just, I guess, go through each series. The, cu- the first couple pretty briefly, but then we really just have to grip, I guess, with series three and series four, because those were the most recent ones. Um, even though series three was in 2014. It's so recent. Yeah, I so mean, recent. the most recent one was Series 4, which just came out in January. I still can't believe Season 1 was in 2010. That seems like ages ago. It was seven years ago. Isn't that nuts? That's ages ago. When did been... you guys start watching, though? In 2010. Yeah, yeah pretty much the second Alessandra watched the first episode, she was like, Emily. I, I watched <laughs> it on Masterpiece Classic, and that was on, on PBS. Same. So, it was when it came out. You're like a baby. How old are you? Um, we were sophomores. Yeah, yeah. We. So you watched it on Masterpiece before I had gotten on Netflix. Yeah, of course. Yeah, remember I should. We were watching things on Masterpiece at that time, and I sh- I told you about it, and I was like, we, "You gotta watch this." Like I watched the first episode, and I was like, "Oh my god, you gotta watch the show!" Like, and I was watching PBS at the time, like a lot because we were watching Masterpiece Classic for all of the, the period dramas and stuff. And I saw a trailer for it, and I was like, oh, we should totally watch that, and I recorded it. Because that was back when I recorded things on my DVR and watched it. My (laughs) high school journalism teacher, when I was like a junior or a senior, we watched it in journalism one day. 
That's cool. Yeah. Cool teacher. He was a he was a cool teacher. He he was also like the um like Christian club like advisor. So I didn't think he loved how gay all of us students thought the show was. Hmm. We're like, oh my god, like they're so in love. Cause like I mean, I came into the show like after it was already like a Tumblr thing. Oh, you know, so that makes a lot of sense. What, I did yeah. not come in with fresh eyes at all, and I should probably say, like, right off the bat, <laughs> I my interpretation of this show relies pretty heavily on the idea that like the relationship between John and Sherlock are a major driving factor, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the love there is is a major driving factor, and I think we can agree on that, even if you don't see it as romantic. Yeah. They, but, yeah. But they, I definitely see it as as romantic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I definitely see sexuality as, like, a huge theme in the show in a lot of ways. So. It is, you're right. Yeah. I might be a little bit of a broken record on that. <laughs> so let me just, like, get that off the bat. And you wrote a whole essay on it. So, yeah. It's kind of hard to set, not, like, have that in my brain. <laughs> I know, well, yeah, you wrote, like, you got, like, an A on that, didn't you? From yeah, the it, was, it was my senior thesis. Yeah. Nice awesome. 30 pages on it. There's actually a ton of academic work out there on the topic of Sherlock Holmes being queer. Yeah. I, I was definitely not the first person to reach that territory <laughs> at all. There's yeah. like books and essays and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and they um, very specifically poke fun at it in the show a lot. Like Moffat and Gaddis like write a lot of like jokes where they're always saying to them you guys must be gay like mm-hmm. it's and it's like and it annoys the crap out of martin like or as in the you know martin john. Or, or john yeah, yeah john. okay because <laughs> he's just like no i told you like a million times <laughs> he's not my boyfriend he's not my boyfriend like it's, it's like in a lot of episodes um yeah so i guess we would stop start with series one um what's your favorite episode Study in pink. Study in pink? I mean, that's gotta be, like, the episode that just, like, makes you fall in love with the series right off the bat. That was a great episode. It is. I've seen it a lot of times. That's a great episode. And every time you show someone the show, you revert back to watching that first episode. So, it's gotta be, like, memorized in my brain by now. Yeah. It's pretty ingrained in there. Because for a while, it was, like, that was all we had, you know? It was like mm-hmm. we were just so over, over, like the first two seasons were just replayed and re-gift so many times because mm-hmm. we didn't have series three for like what felt like forever, but it was mm-hmm. only like two years. Two years is a lot when you're like 17. Like that's a big two, yeah. two years is a big time. And that's crazy to think that like, I think when, when I was really on Tumblr that like Sherlock and maybe the Avengers were like huge the hugest things that i would look at on tumblr oh, that you okay but what about like supernatural and doctor who because those uh, are those are huge yeah I do. yeah i do fo- yeah pretty much we anyone were... who i followed for avengers or sherlock mm-hmm. always had like supernatural or, or doctor who or doctor it's who almost there. embarrassing <laughs> yeah not even almost it's, it's embarrassing <laughs> it, it's a really like large community and so that like drives your love for something as well too because you're basically overanalyzing every single little bit of everything like every moment of those first two seasons was gift in some way and when you watch a gif it's over and over again so you see like little intonations of somebody's character 
Or you might have not seen that if you only just watch it on TV, you know. And I mean, Sherlock is asking you to kind of do that with this text. It invites that kind of analysis. Mm. So I think with the online community, more so than in any other um, online community for Doctor Who, Avengers, whatever, it, it kind of really enables the show to be what it is Mm -hmm. you know like with the original books part of the whole point was that people were reading along the stories and trying to figure them out so that that audience participation especially post fall um which i guess would bring us to season two yeah the audience participation was what i think really captured the sherlock holmes spirit and it also in the show is a very online show as well Mm -hmm. like john has his blog Mm-hmm. about his adventures with Sherlock and you're key... constantly seeing Sherlock's text texting people which yeah. was amazing I loved I loved when he would like quickly and you just see them all like, mm-hmm. like it riddles off on the screen it's visual for you in like a pleasing way instead of like always looking at somebody's screen it's yeah. got those bubbles of information in the actual like frame yeah and I, I thought really it was cool. hilarious how just how present, you know, with technology and, and present online, like Sherlock really was, even though he kind of acts like he doesn't like it. But like, but he really relies on it. I, I really loved just his cell phone, like in everything, how it helped in every single case and how it helped, like even in his social life and how like you'd see all of his, like his relationship with John through his cell phone. I really enjoyed that part of the show and how they would always um, edit it in. And mm-hmm. texting almost becomes like I'm. I'm gonna be super English majory on you guys. Like, just I'm, I'm sorry. Do it. Hey, that's <laughs> why we brought you in. Okay, you got some thoughts. Okay, but get this: texting <laughs> is like this metaphor in the show for like where the characters' hearts are at, mm. like where their like love and desires at. Mm-hmm. And mm. I think we really see that in Scandal, um, which is my favorite episode of season season yeah. two for yeah, sure. Yeah, mine is as well. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's my favorite in the entire. I was gonna say that as well. I, I was gonna say if I should choose one, it would be Scandal. Is it just because you almost see Benedict Cumberbatch's butt? <laughs> no, <laughs> is that's, that it? That's not why. <laughs> as much as that's a huge part of it, no. But yeah, just, yeah, it's such a well-written episode, and and um, the character of Adler of Irene is just. I think the the actress they chose was perfect. Yeah, she, she the way that they to. wrote her in, how she acted with Sherlock. Like, and just their interactions was, like, so satisfying. And, like, and then the whole case within it as well and how she, like, tightened. How everything, like, just got crazier and crazier throughout the episode. I think it was just, it was just an amazing episode. It is. Uh, yeah. It's really well done. And I think it got, was that one that got nominated? Or was Didn't it? it? Maybe. I think well, that Mumble it. Mumble Bride definitely got nominated. Yeah, that did. I, I. I want to say that that was the one that was nominated one year, but I'm not sure. It also could have been, like, another one, but I'm pretty sure that Scandal was nominated for, like, an Emmy at one point, or a Golden Globe, you know? Yeah, because then, like, Benedict went to the, went to the, like, well, because he's just, basically, since when we started watching this show, we've seen Benedict become... Just a guy we knew on Sherlock to, to this like huge mega A list star. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like that happened with so many of the people we found around this time. Mm-hmm. Eddie Redmayne, Benedict, um, Martin, Martin, sure. definitely. Like, 
we started watching them from the beginning, and then they just skyrocketed into stardom, basically. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Pretty cool. Well, I guess, should we wrap up Series 1? Do we have any other uh, comments maybe about Blind Baker or Great Game? Just for Blanker. Banker. Can I just say that what I think sets Series 1 and 2 apart from 3 and 4 is that you have Moriarty there? Mm-hmm. And he is just, he is just, no villain comes after him that even remotely you know, takes his place. Yeah. He had just such a, like, a fun, unique presence in the story that I think once he was gone, I don't think, I think the series suffered after that because they were never able to top that. Yeah, I he's... think I could agree with that because okay, so, let, so I guess this would be a good time to just take a minute to talk about Moriarty because this is when we first see him. Yeah, and at first, at first I didn't like the guy who played Moriarty, and I don't really know why he just he he seemed scary yet he didn't seem scary, but I think that's what he's like supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. like as as the character was written. But then, but I I think I do agree that maybe he was probably the best the best villain in the show. And then once he left, it kind of... I mean, it's, it's been changing every year, but mm-hmm. it's been changing drastically every year, I think. But I think... I think maybe... Yeah, the second he died was maybe... It's maybe when the show really changed. Well, what I think was most surprising was because he shows up in The Great Game yeah. as Molly's boyfriend. And then... Her quote-unquote gay boyfriend. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't expect him... like he's so good that Sherlock doesn't even basically double think him at all. Like he hasn't, he just thinks he's a gay guy. He doesn't think he's Because that's what Moriarty wanted him to see. He wanted him to see. Yeah. Like observe that about him. So it's like, it's even crazier. It's, you just don't expect it to be him at all. Which is why the end when like Martin walks out, or sorry, not Martin. <laughs> I keep calling John. John. Every time John, like when he walks out under the pool wearing his that huge, um, like snow jacket, snow jacket with Argo-esque. the bomb on him. Yeah, and Fargo. <laughs> in Fargo, yeah, we could do that one next. Fargo. Yeah. Oh, I love Fargo. Um, oh, geez. That's hilarious. <laughs> and he he like walks out with the bomb, and like you see that Moriarty is the bo- like Molly's boyfriend. Like you just don't expect it because mm-hmm. he's young, and he's got really like feminine qualities so it's like the way that he moves in the space you just don't expect him to be an evil guy mm-hmm. like it's just completely not i know what i think that's it's what shocking irked me because i'm like i'm like why does he not seem which is why it's enough? great because i know i know don't... but it's it irked me and i i know i well, know it shouldn't because it's really great actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons i kind of feel like sexuality is just this huge theme in this show is because once you kind of realize that the creepiness, like the thing about Moriarty that makes your skin crawl is that he's like a super sexual predator towards Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Like the things he say, he, I can't even speak, but the things he says are so um, like erotic and yeah. like uninvited eroticism. Yeah. And it kind of sets up this dynamic in the show where you have Sherlock who's, who's like this, the virgin as it's been pointed out. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of try, like being seduced by this evil 
chaotic figure and then on the other hand he's you've got you know his his john his kind of moralizing figure so it creates this this kind of love triangle in the show Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of going back to the whole texting metaphor with with um irene adler she kind of comes in and she's this like huge like sexual like she's like she embodies kind of this like feminine sexuality yeah and she kind of puts that at the forefront of everyone's mind for that episode and everyone's wondering like well what is Sherlock's like what's up with this guy's kind of um like romantic intentions like you never really I mean season four ends and you never really know where he stands and like was he did he ever have sexual feelings or romantic feelings for Irene Adler or John or Molly or anyone you never really get that answer yeah and he like that's also a good way to make people keep watching this show Mm -hmm. is that you're intrigued you want to know you want to find out you know how come Sherlock is so asexual as we say or sexual like we want to know right it's Mm -hmm. very interesting to us so you watch especially Benedict the way he plays it like he even has stated that he thinks that Sherlock's pretty asexual because that's how he plays him. But, mm-hmm. like, who knows how they are going to take that and, like, make people intrigued about it. Like, mm-hmm. there has to be something that you find in this character that you want to keep watching. But the asexuality kind of, I think, goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, the aromantic sociopath kind of perception. Yeah. That they really push in season one. But, like, it's really obvious by the end of season four that that is not, like... That he's a different representation now. of who he actually is. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's definitely a journey that I think the the viewer goes on with with Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Um, he has grown. He has changed in the past until the past, like the most recent season. And yeah, you, it's like a weird situation because it's like. You, it makes a lot of sense because we've been watching this for seven years. So you watch it over the course of seven years where it's supposed to kind of take place during that time in the show as well. And they do a good job, like, overarching, like, people's lives change, people's mm-hmm. perceptions of the world change. But, you know, does that mean Sherlock changes? Does that mean John changes? And they do. You know, they, like, grow and they fall. And yeah. and I like that because even though even though when it, when it comes to shows... I feel like some people might like the consistency of people's characters, but I really like how the characters advance with their surroundings. Because, like, it's weird to think how much Sherlock changes just in every episode. Mm -hmm. Like, with, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Like, too much happens or not enough happens? Mm, I don't know. Post-fall, the character development goes really quick. It does. Pre-fall, I would say it's very slow. Yeah, which is why I was thinking that when... Because that, that's when Moriarty dies, and that's when I feel like the show drastically started changing. Mm-hmm. Like, just plot-wise and character-wise. Because it did seem pretty steady for the first two seasons. So how do we like... feel about season three? Because that's where I think a lot of viewers lost interest in the show. I can... It took a long time. Like, for me, I remember watching season three thinking, it's been so long. It's been 84 years since we had, like, anything but season two, and we didn't know if Sherlock was dead or not. That was, like, a huge... Because at the end of series two, Jim shoots himself, 
Sherlock dies, but and you're like, well, he didn't actually. Well, he didn't actually die, but like, when is he gonna show up again? Like, right. when is when is John gonna find out that he's not actually dead? And then that hooked you to be watching series three, obviously, you know. But, and I also I really liked the first episode of series three. Like, yeah, I, I think I think the whole episode of him, like you know, changing all, all, his story. All the, all the theories of him dying and mm-hmm. how and how he came back and stuff and how he how he kind of that hilarious episode where they're in the restaurant and he's like he's got the, the mustache, mustache. <laughs> and then John just beats he's him up. <laughs> so good. And the music, it's like that like um that like French song in the background. Yeah, like, yeah. Know, it's some song, some kind of European song. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like with with how with how great and creative the episodes are. I I do feel like I don't remember season three as much as I remember all the other seasons. But like, but that's such a great, but that's such oh. a great episode. Though. It is the first episode of the third series. It like you said is like all the different theories of like what happened to him, like. How did he come back? He we don't get a solid answer. It's a lot of audience participation. Yeah, it is. They have moments where they like kind of throw the dog a bone in a way, like where Sherlock kisses Molly. Molly. Yeah. That was obviously for the fans of Sherlock and Molly. Yeah. And then the moment with Moriarty and and Sherlock too. So like those mm-hmm. are all just fantasies, obviously. Right. But yeah. it showed that the creators were paying attention to the fans' theories and involving them in a way in the show. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, that they're so involved with their fans. Well, until Series 4. But. Yeah, until Series 4. Like, I feel like Series 3 was a fan series. Like, every episode was for the fans. Like, this, I also really like the second episode. The Sign of 3 is actually probably my favorite episode. It's so good. It's, it's so good. It's, like, really well, like, put together. Like, as a script... The whole thing is, it makes a lot of sense. It's a formulaic script wherein he's telling a uh, best man speech, and during the entire speech, he's going through several different little mysteries that he went on to lead up to a mist, like the fact that somebody's gonna die at this wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like really, that's the, it really kind of harkened back to like, even like the first episode where this is why we really like Sherlock. This mm-hmm. is why this show is different from other shows. Well, I'd say it also has a, a nice mix of a lot of um, emotional development in it too. Like for me personally, this season one and two, I kind of saw the relationship between John and Sherlock mm-hmm. as, you know, you could have had that interpretation as subtext. Yeah. Um, but Jesus, season three and then Abominable Bride, it becomes, like, yeah. in my opinion, text. Like, I don't... When you have Sherlock, you know, looking sadly at John's chair and leaving the wedding early and obviously just being so devastated that his his friend is getting married. Yeah. Like, that, you know, that that's Sherlock coming a long way from the very uh, unempathetic, you know, st- stone-cold person we see in... in episode one or we he tries to present himself as in episode one and then you know you have these like super sweet moments where they're like drunk and laying next to each other on the stairs yeah and you, like he's cluing for looks it's oh, so cute so good and that like i love great. series three i know i know thinking back i'm like it's a great series great. i mean it does kind of lose the tight narrative that we've had so far yeah it's a little all over the place that's but... when it started to go downhill <laughs> but i would say 
where like the cases maybe go yeah. downhill, the mm. emotional development gets better. Yes, you're right. And, yeah, yeah. That yes. You mean we see we learn so much about about John and like what he kind of wants and like how he found Mary to kind of comfort himself after losing Sherlock mm-hmm. and is expecting this like very normal um, life because he's never really been able to achieve a normal life. He's always been too attracted to kind of danger and war and yeah. all that. So that's why he was attracted to a lifestyle with Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And so he was trying to avoid that after getting hurt with, you know, the fall. Yeah. And then he goes and ends up with Mary, who is exactly what he was trying to avoid. And I think he even says, like, <laughs> you weren't supposed to be like that. And it's just this really sad moment. Yeah. And, like, Sherlock's sad and John's sad. And it's all just, like, so much angst. It's a very angsty season. Uh-huh. But yeah, like I see, like, I love John's, like, the way you just said that, like, the fact that he's always looking for danger, and we know that, like, they say it in the, in the show, but yeah, like, I didn't really think about his character as, like, a complete, like, overhaul of, like, he just wants normal, but he does it, like, every Mm -hmm. time he gets, every time he gets himself in that situation, he does something that is wildly opposite of what he should be doing. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm talking about season four here. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, like, really, um, yeah, he's so sympathetic. But he's also the character that people uh, connect with most. Mm -hmm. And I think in the fourth series, you don't connect with him as much. No, not at all. And that was really hard, because we always had John, and then the fourth series, we didn't. (laughs) And it was really a hard thing. Can we, before I just start totally shitting on season four, because I'm going to. (laughs) I'm sorry if you guys liked it, but I'm going to shit on it. Um, no. But can we talk about The Abominable Bride first? Oh, yeah. How did you guys like The Abominable Bride? Well, we saw it in theaters, so that was super fun. That was fun. It was a great episode. I thought it was really funny and, like, just really exciting to watch. Like, just watching it and, like, it's, it's not rightful setting, but, you know, like, in its classic setting mm-hmm. and like seeing all these you know a, a, a case but it's like a vintage case yeah <laughs> it's, and like, it's also like a dream with ghosts it's yeah like and I thought that was hilarious because it's like that's funny that it's that it was ghost that, like you know we're seeing ghosts because you know what else do you have to be scared of back in the day yeah. women <laughs> turns out it's women <laughs> yeah. turns out Sherlock's scared of women. <laughs> yeah. Um, surprise, uh-huh. surprise. Uh-huh. Um, that's yes. what I'm just saying, guys. <laughs> I know. Okay, but, like, the moment where they're in, like, they're hiding out, and um, John starts talking about the fact that Sherlock has a locket with Irene Adler's image in it. Mm-hmm. That part. And, like, Sherlock's, like, squirming. He's so uncomfortable to be talking about it. And John's like, dude, like, don't you have, like, feelings, you know? Like, experience. Like, he's basically asking him, like, do you ever wank? Like, do you ever feel anything? Yeah. That moment was, in context, weird. But then when you finish the rest of the episode and you realize this is all happening in his own brain, Mm -hmm. then it's like, wait, Sherlock, why are you stopping your little, like, drug-infused case 
to like basically have this moment where sh- where John is like making you question your sexuality like that to me was just like so like extra <laughs> like <laughs> like mm, Sherlock like what are you like what's happening right now with you like he's are you a little turmoil like he's clearly like, he's confused he's like confused all the time like yeah he's so confused you just want to he's like a middle schooler or something yeah and then like John you know tries to get him to open up about it and he's like I don't want to talk about it. Like, he's just so, like, not... He just does not want that to be the case, like, at all. His... Yeah. I don't know. He just... But the... Okay, so in The Abominable Bride, I I only think I saw it once, so I don't really remember. Oh, yeah, only once. There's ghosts... And I remember there, like, some parts of it were dreams as well. Like, it would go... They were, like, digging the grave or whatever, and it was Mm -hmm. actually not, like... Yeah, go back and forth. It would go back and forth, so it was kind of confusing mm-hmm. at some points. Yeah. But, um, also very, like, it was exactly what you wanted it to be like if it was in his own head, right? Or a little bit more, like, you know, back in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually surprised, well, I'm actually not surprised that it ended up being, like, a drug-induced dream, but I kind of thought... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not completely coursed on British um, series, so I kind of thought that maybe a Christmas episode was kind of not like you know attached to the rest of like I didn't know that it would then tie back into the show. I thought like a Christmas special well, was kind of like they its advertised own it as such. standalone thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. That I it think was they wanted to be. pull the rug out from under people and be like, surprise! It's actually. He's actually on a plane. Because that was the idea that I had when going in. So I thought the entire thing was just going to be separate. Here's a funny, right? They definitely, they definitely said that yeah. it would be like that, like yeah, a Comic Con okay. or something. So like, yeah. you were totally justified in thinking that. Okay, it, but it actually turned out it was part of the entire Sherlock narrative. Yeah, which I like because I think it, like, in my head, like. Sherlock ends after this episode because I just pretend that the last <laughs> season didn't happen. Because like at least you still have Miss Me though. You still have like that whole thing. At least though, like metaphorically, I think it kind of ties up. Like when Sherlock, like John, comes and saves him at the waterfall, and they kick Moriarty off, and Moriarty being kind of like this representation of his like fears, mm-hmm. kick mm-hmm. him off the waterfall, mm-hmm. and then Sherlock jumps all dramatic. Yeah, so like. That kind of was the end of Sherlock's emotional journey of all the angst he had in season season three. Yeah. So, like, that was a fitting kind of development for me. I mean, it doesn't answer questions about, like, the cases that we've been getting throughout the rest of the series, but neither does series four anyway, so... It doesn't, <laughs> no. Moriarty did not, like, fit into season four at all. No, he didn't. I liked how they tried to stick him in. Like, how... Because cause he's... It's 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 definitely known that he's dead, right? Yeah. So he's not coming back, but he he like was maybe because that's kind of what I thought was maybe happening was like even though he's dead, he's like talked to Sherlock's sister. He's gonna maybe in the future he's talked to this guy, like built up these future yeah like, problems with him, making him still alive but not. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that idea. I like the idea of that was that even though Moradi's gone, he's still has maybe had connections with people who could be a problem in the future, but still yeah. making him alive. They brought him back because he's, like, the best character they've ever written. So they couldn't... He is. <laughs> they were like, we have to... 
We have to entice people by saying, miss me, and then wait three years till we get to see something else. Right, but it's just like... <laughs> it's just like BS, because it's like they just kept throwing that stuff in, the miss me's, like the foreshadowing, just for nothing to actually happen. Just for it to yeah. be like, oh, secret sister. A big puddle oh, of like, like, what the fuck? Exactly. Like, yeah. What I thought was going to happen, and it would have made perfect sense, so why they didn't do it is beyond me, but... When they introduced Mary as a character, she's, like, really heavily, um, I guess, associated with Sebastian Moran, who's a character yeah. from the original stories who's, like, a, um, what do you call him, like, a marksman? Like, a person that shoots... Oh, a sniper? Uh, yeah, sniper. Okay. Uh, it was a different word back then, but, but yeah. yeah, a sniper, um, who is Moriarty's, like, right-hand man. Mm. So, in and a Mary couple works ways... With him? Or... Well, in a couple ways, like, they made Mary... They adapted that character into Mary because she's also a sniper. Oh. And, like, the way they introduced her, I think, like, in that house, like, I'm pretty sure that the empty house is mm-hmm. the story, the original Sherlock Holmes story that Moran is introduced. Oh. So in a couple of ways, they kind of hinted that that is who she was. Yeah. And then they coded her so much with Miss Me and all these little mm-hmm. Moriarty villain-related things that, for me, it made perfect sense. That for... she would have anything to do with him and stuff. Like, she would be kind of entangled with him? Or... Yeah, that she yeah. would turn out to be the arch-villain of the next season. Which, that sounds nice. Because like, she was... That would have been cool. She, was she so pretty much was, evil. though. In The Last Vow, we find out that she was the person who, like... And she shoots Sherlock. Right, but then she just saves him. So, like, what was even the point of what she was doing? What was her character motivation? I know. I have a big problem with her character. Like, I love um, the actress that plays her. I love Amanda. Oh, she's great. And she's... She does an amazing job. Her dialogue is great. Yeah. But her character motivation makes no sense. One minute... Yeah. I mean, one minute she's killing a guy just for being in the way of the door, and then Mm -hmm. the next minute she's jumping in front of a bullet for him, and then she records, like, random videos like how long in advance and then like hire someone to mail them like staggered across a few months i'm like what is that with a weird plan to like pretend to die and then john will save you like who like who it's does a problem that? It's it doesn't like, make any sense it's a stupid plot thing that was like thrown in there that i just thought it was kind of a stupid choice like i just don't know why they had to make because i thought like at the end of um his last vow that was gonna be it like mm-hmm. mary's done with spying like Mary's had this one last thing she had to do, and then it was over. Like, she's going to be living with John. They're going to be happy with their baby. It's cool, you know? But no, they, like, fucked it up. I was so ready for it to be, like, the baby wasn't John's, or it was a fake baby, or something. Okay, yeah. Because I was like, how if they put a baby in this show, they will ruin the dynamics of the show. And they did. Nah. The baby, like, John, like, never even had his baby. Like, it was like, my friends are watching the baby. Like, Mary, like, John, Molly's you don't even watching have any friends. Baby. Like, Molly barely even knows you. Why is she watching your baby all the time? I know, that's weird. It didn't, it wasn't good. It was not good, no. No, it was bad. It's unfortunate. We were sad about it. Yeah. It's sad to see, like, a, a very, cle- obviously clever writer and TV show be so, like, just, almost just distracting. Like, it's just, you Mm -hmm. just watch it, but you're not, it's not really giving you anything. It's not really, like, it, because, I mean, of course, it's hard for me to think that I don't like it, because I I like how clever it is, but hearing you guys talk about it and see that, okay, this is actually kind of ridiculous, like, is just, it's kind of sad. It almost made me rethink all the other series, series, and be like... Wait, 
these weren't as clever as I thought. Because what I thought had been clues, like all the miss me's and all those little things that they threw out there, what I thought had been clues leading up to something. Yeah. Never led up to anything. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, well, these writers are not nearly as clever as they have led us to believe. They're actually pretty bad. Yeah. It was like... They, yeah. And it reminded me, season four reminded me of, like, Doctor Who. Yes. Which is able to Which is written be, by the same people. Yeah. So it goes through arcs like that, too, where you think this is going really well, and then they just shit on it. And you're well, like... it's big and ridiculous and dramatic. Yeah. And, but it's Doctor Who, so it kind of, it's okay. It works, in my opinion, most of the time. It's, it's like... It's a really liquid character. So, like, you can basically make it however you want at any time. It's so time travel that you can't really apply logic to it. Yeah. But the whole thing is Sherlock... <laughs> Is logic. Yeah. You should be able to add up the pieces and get the outcome. That's the whole fundamental thing that made Sherlock remarkable to begin with. Like the very first episode does that. Extremely well. Like there's a couple episodes that are really, really well written and formulaic and everything makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, but it takes all the whole time of watching it to really understand it. And this last series, like every episode was like, I don't understand most of the things that are going on in this mm-hmm. why even put them in there if you're not leading the audience to some amazing revelation why stick it in there in the first place i think that the writers because the actors got all this fame and because they knew they had more casual viewers i think they went for something that would appease people that just casually watched the show and were just looking for something exciting but i think they sold out their fans that they knew knew every line and every detail they knew like, these fans were going to be disappointed in this, and they just threw it out anyways. And yeah. I don't know if you guys saw, like, the interviews they did afterward, mm. but they were such dicks. Like, to basically belittling their fan base, especially because it's, like, mostly young women. Uh-huh. Belittling them and saying, like, well, if it didn't make sense to you, you just didn't get it, or you just wanted John Locke to happen. And it's, like... See, and that, and that makes, that is rude because also that even, because lately I've been thinking about the idea of random and is random good, but like in this case, like, I don't know, I, I feel like the fourth season was like really random in terms of like what was happening and what they threw at you. And it's like, yeah, Mary really, traveling all the way really all around Europe say, to yeah. find Sherlock. Like why? Then hiring a clown to scare Mycroft? That was so stupid. But like, <laughs> what? A clown! Like, did you need that? No. So to to step up and say that, like, oh, if you just you have to you have to know to know you have to get it to get it. Like, that's that's Uh-oh. not that's not good. That's just it's random. That you and should, random you should write good. better shows is what you should do. And you should I, you shouldn't write it. You shouldn't write it to confuse your people. You should keep your people engaged, engaged and intrigued enough. You know. Yeah. And honestly, whether you whether you were rooting for John and Sherlock to be together or not. I don't think you can deny that the writers obviously played on the idea that they knew that their fans were interested in that. So you had moments, like, for example, before Sherlock got on the plane and he was talking to John for the last time. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he... That was sweet. He basically, the way the lines were set up, it was like, I have a confession. I've always wanted to tell you this. So obviously a viewer is going to be like, oh, she's going to say I love you or something. And then they redirect it with a joke. Like, for me, it's like, why put in moments like that? If you're going to turn around and tell the fans, oh, you're just being ridiculous for seeing romance. It's like you wrote in those moments. They know. They're playing with us. Right. They're they're playing yeah. with the audience. And they it's... play it with the audience, and, and to a certain extent, that's fine. But, like, 
it's not like we're enjoying it as much as we did in the beginning. Right. If you watch a series and you're like, I don't, I'm not experiencing the joy that I did in the very first episode. I mean, to me, it just seemed like they were just teasing or mocking the people that wanted Sherlock and John to be together. Mm. You know, like I wasn't really expecting them to make it overt. Like I was pretty happy with how the series ends. I mean, they lived together and were raising a baby together and they had that nice hug. So like to me, like that was a yeah, good ending. Yeah, I like the ending too. But for them to turn around and like insult people for seeing something that they very obviously wrote into the show, like to me that is just slimy. It was like we want to write in this this, this subtext so that all these you know, usually young gay people will invest in our show, but if you ask us about it, we'll make fun of you for it. It's just, I don't know, it, to me it's just seemed really messed up. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, I like don't, I'm not as um, on that side of like seeing this show. I mean, you, you look at it like that, mm-hmm. and like I think Emily and I are like more on the side of them being just really good friends like and really loving like friends and that's like if you look at it like that then everything is a little bit less hurtful <laughs> yeah you know what sorry I mean? to be boring but i'm all for sherlock and adler <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> adler is actually part of the reason i started to see Oh, I totally see. Different. I totally see because, where you're coming from. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of noticed that in this show, you would have moments that would be straight, but they would be undercut with moments that would be like very queer. Like for example, John telling Mrs. Hudson that he's getting married. That's a very yeah. hetero moment. Yeah, and it's undercut with what? Not Sherlock. Right. We moved on. Yeah. And then Adler, it's like you would think Adler's there to make Sherlock seem straight, mm-hmm. but like the entire time, Adler's actually just being like. You guys are so in love with each other. She does say that, like, like the whole time. time. One yeah. of my favorite yeah. scenes was when um, John is talking to Irene, mm-hmm. and she says, like, are you jealous of me for talking to Sherlock? And he says, quote, if anyone still actually cares, I'm not gay. Yeah. And she says, yes, but I am. Look at us both. Like... Yeah, well, I'm I'm attracted to women and you're attracted to women, but mm-hmm. look at us both the way we treat Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And so I'm like, they wrote, like, I don't really understand what other interpretation you could have of that line. Yeah, you, she, yeah, yeah. She just, it brings it out so much, but they don't discuss it enough. Right. Like, yeah. I'm not saying a straight interpretation of the show isn't, like, totally fine and valid. I'm just saying that to make fun of people for having a queer interpretation of the show when you obviously wrote it to be able to be ambiguous is just very rude. Well, I also, yeah, and I, I mean, now that I'm more thinking about it, it is, they're, the way that they are, like, talking about sexuality is, like, kind of making fun of it. Like, they mm-hmm. say things, they're always making jokes about it. Like, at some point, you gotta stop. Like, that's not cool. It's mm-hmm. not cool to just be like, you guys are gay. Like, you just gotta not do that anymore. If you saw it it's as It's disrespectful to the entire gay community. Right. You know what I right. mean? <laughs> yeah. If you saw it as foreshadowing, then it's like, that's why I think yeah. people liked it. But right. then once the end of the series came, you're like, boy, that wasn't foreshadowing. That was you making fun of us. Yeah. And making fun of, like, the entire gay community. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, not cool. You know? They just, the writers, like just fucked up they, they just don't I mean I I still look at like the first couple seasons as like 
might probably one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. But just this last season just was so fucked up. Like it just was not as fun and no, interesting as any of the other ones. And like I didn't mind series three when he killed Magnuson. That was like okay. Yeah, it wasn't great, but it was okay. Yeah, and I also liked um, the lying detective. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. one, which is the second episode of series four, where he has to go against Culverton and basically try to out this really public figure for being like a pedophile. Isn't that what it is? No, he's a murderer. Oh, isn't he also a pedophile too? Or is he just a murderer? No. I think he was just creepy. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He was just creepy. (laughs) He was. He was just a serial killer. I'm sorry. To me, he just looked like a fucking pedophile. But they did go to the hospital, and there was all those kids there. Yeah, that's why. It's because of the kids. Anyways, um, yeah, like I really liked that episode because he like had to really be creative to expose this guy. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was way better than the first episode, so I was like so much happier about it. Oh yeah, it was good. (laughs) And the 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 Margaret Thatcher bus that were getting broken. The kid that was a seat, a seat. He dressed up as a seat. Right? <laughs> and died. Oh my god. I was like, who thought that was a good idea? I don't... I don't know. Like... <laughs> or, like, can you think about it? It's or, so stupid. Can it... Remember when Sherlock gets shot and then Molly pops up in his mind palace and she goes, like, through this whole thing about how, like, in the movies, when people get shot, it's not a certain way. Like, this is how it is in Right, the blood is gonna, like, congeal and, and you're gonna be fine. You don't have speech. And so she yeah. went through all this thing, and they wrote that. And then the next fucking season, they had Mary's death. Yeah. Exactly all the things they said a death wouldn't be. Yeah. The sh- Mary got shot, like, in the same place she shot Sherlock. And she jumped, like, And then she died. Motion. And then John mooed like a cow. Do you remember that? <laughs> what? He mooed? Yeah. In the first episode? Yeah. When, when Mary gets shot? Oh my god, okay. You Wait, is it? No, no, no. You mean like it. when he's like, oh, yes, I do remember. He mooed. Because he like, he like is so upset that all he just, he like clenches his mouth and goes, like that. Do you remember that? No. Oh. I'm going to find this Yeah, real he's quick, so real like. Quick incredibly emotional like that he doesn't know what to do so he just gets like a really angry like clenches up and just like goes <laughs> like that that sounds kind of familiar because he was so pissed at Sherlock too okay, I got it hold on wait for it this killed me Mary Watson was the only life. Oh, oh wow! Cut it off! Like, wow! <laughs> it's after she dies, I think, isn't it? Okay, let me and just then... type in John Watson moo. <laughs> That might work. That'll probably work. Dang, I'm so disappointed. I was ready. I remember being pissed. I was super pissed because by that time, you know, we had just met Mary, and it was kind of cool that she was a spy. We were like just figuring all this cool stuff about her. Mary's cool. And then she just fucking not to mention dies that John cheats on her. Oh my, Sherlock's sister, which is the most aggravating thing I think has 
ever happened on a television show. <laughs> you see, you see, the fourth season was so just so distracting by how crazy it was. I, I remember the editing is everywhere. I remember the editing watching is this. so insane. I remember watching this and just being like, "What? Oh, I got what this move. If you guys want to hear it, you got the move." <laughs> Oh fuck! I don't think I one. I thought I got it. Okay, I'm ruining your podcast, but no, I really want to hear this moo. I want to hear the moo. I want to hear this moo. Yeah, the um, audience probably wants to hear the moo too. I want. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he does that. Yeah, he's so upset. Remember I said. Don't you dare! He just like grunts. Yeah, he just grunts. <laughs> That's how Martin shows him. <laughs> I mean, Martin Freeman is, like, my favorite oh, actor in terms so... of how amazing he is. No, he's really good. Every I don't time love he... that choice right there. No, I don't think that's Every that time right. he has to show any little bit of emotion, he clams up. He's just, like, like, he just can't. He breathes really heavy. He makes, like, grunt noises. He does a lot of, like, moving his body in really stocky ways. That is how he acts, you know? Yeah. It was just so unexpected. <laughs> He was really upset. His wife just died at the hands of Sherlock, basically. I don't... Okay. I have a problem with that. Sherlock didn't actually do anything. He goes to try to protect her. Yeah. And Mary is just running off and being dumb. And it's Mary's (laughs) own fault. She jumped in front of the bullet. Maybe Sherlock could have taken it. He's taken bullets before and got... And, like... I just I feel like that entire I I situation. Was I was like, just let Sherlock take it. He knows how to set his mind so he won't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mary? Exactly. He won't die. And like, literally, this is a couple months after she shot him. Him, right. And you're like, what the what? fuck, lady? You could have you could have jumped in front of it in a certain way so it would hit your shoulder or hit some other way because you obviously are superhuman you're like every like other assassin. person in this that freaking... scene. That scene where they were that where they were talking like Sherlock was talking himself through not dying or or Mary was talking him through not dying. I thought that was a great scene. It was, and yeah. then to have this immediately after it just makes no sense. <sighs> Made no sense. It was so. It's just like I do remember thinking that though. I was like. I really didn't want Mary to die. I really I mean, her. I was okay with her dying. I just wanted it to be in a, like a dignified, good way. Like, Instead I think of trying major, to save Sherlock. A major issue with this show he could save himself. is that there's some great character development with John, Sherlock, and Mycroft, but nobody else gets that. In particular, the women do not get that. Yeah, they like, really Mary do. Mary had no motivation. Molly does not get that. Molly, Molly had it going for a while, yeah. and then they backtracked on all of her character development for that ridiculous scene where they're in this, like, saw, like, yeah. weird sequence, and it's like the X-Men sister with mind powers, and they're in Azkaban for whatever reason, and then the coffin... And they make oh yeah Molly backtrack. Or am I just throwing out too many no, words? No, no, you know no. I about? know what you're talking about. So, in the last episode, they do like all those trials, mm-hmm. and one of them is the coffin one, where they have to call Molly, and freaking Sherlock has to tell her, "I love you." Do you remember that one? <gasps> it was so painful. <sighs> like why? Like Molly had this lovely character development where she was kind of a lovesick puppy, but she moved on because she was an adult, an accomplished adult with, like, a PhD. And yet you're making her this, like, lovesick puppy in her, like, kitchen crying over some gay dude that doesn't love her back. It just was, like, such an insult to her character. I I feel like that situation that 
um, Euros put out, that one specific one, was a little bit more dramatic than it needed to be because although they did back her up, did did I try to remember? Did Euro say specifically you have to tell her that you love her like you mean it, mm-hmm. like in a romantic way? No, she said you have to get her to say I love you. Yeah. Oh. So he didn't have to say yeah, that. He only Molly said had to it, say it because she said only if you say it, and he doesn't love her in that way. So that's why he was so frustrated with having to say it. Yeah, I. Uh... And, she, and he couldn't say, Molly, will you say I love you? He could, but then she was like, why? Like, why are you fucking with me? It was just a bad scene. Yeah, it was, it was just, just it was a stupid setup. It was just, I, I mean, I guess we should go through the trials that Euros had them do, which were interesting, but it like... Saw. It was a saw. Uh, yeah, AU. it was. It was. And she like killed those three people outside the window, and I knew that she oh, was going to kill them all. Yeah. So to bring you a little bit back to canon. Yeah. Is that know, from a, a story? So the three Garadebs is a very short Sherlock Holmes story that Moffat and Gaddis have said time and time again that they love this moment because. Um, for fans of like the more emotional aspects of the stories, it's the moment where John, or I guess Dr. Watson, realizes that Sherlock Holmes is not just a machine because mm-hmm. he almost dies and Sherlock like jumps and saves him and is like, please, Watson, tell me you're not dead. And like, and I think the line is something like, um, Watson says, for the first time, I realized that there was a great heart beneath the great mind. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, like, it, a lot of Sherlock fans hold it very near and dear to their hearts. So for them to, like, butcher it in the way that they did was almost another kind of slap in the face to, like, because hmm. they kept saying, like, we're going to do this moment and it's going to be a nice moment. And instead, they do, like, that shitty scene that made, like, that did nothing, like, uh, if if it's it's just I did like the one where Sherlock had to choose if he wanted to shoot John or his brother, and I did like how Mycroft was acting like a dick, mm-hmm. so that because that's what Mycroft does. But so that Sherlock would shoot Mycroft, yeah. And I I that thought was nice. that was a really good. Um, moment for Mycroft. Like, I was like, oh my god. Like, I hate, like, I really don't, like, love Mycroft, but after that I was like, wow, like, he is willing to die to save John and Sherlock. Like, that is crazy, you know? Like, he wouldn't have done that. Like, you just don't expect him to be so selfless. Well, he's always been selfless when it comes to his brother. And so mm-hmm. I don't think he cares too much about John, but no. I think but he, he recognizes that, he... that Sherlock needs John to be alive. And Sherlock loves John, so it's like he's well, not gonna. He knows, I think he slightly knows that he kind of needs John just to see if Sherlock's still okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like he mm-hmm. still because you know and he always and even in the very first episode he asked John to like watch over Sherlock. I also like that they kept referencing the fact that Mycroft was. Like Lady Brackwell in oh, the yeah. importance of being earnest. Yeah. Like, I love a good Oscar Wilde reference because, like, um, a lot of um, academics will like to argue that Sherlock Holmes was inspired by Oscar Wilde. Okay. 
So they definitely knew what they were doing when they threw in those references. Mm-hmm. And they set the Abominable Bride in the same year that Oscar Wilde was persecuted for being gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting. Like, they chose that, like, it was, like, 1819. Like, they chose that exact year. So I definitely think that they're... they are have got some Oscar Wilde fans. Yeah. In the, um... I do love Oscar Wilde. But, yeah. It, it was, and he was like, you're Lady Brackwell. Or I think that's the right name. Yeah. It was more convincing. <laughs> Uh, I was like, that's that's cute. Yeah, that's that good. Cute. But it you know it was also smart, like of Sherlock to basically go, well, I'll just shoot myself, and then Euros was like, no, it was good. Like it brought them out of that situation. Like mm-hmm. I thought the last episode was as shocking as it could have been. Um, just the end where obviously like it was just that she was just a young girl all along okay but she was like a great voice actress on the phone making an impression of a little girl on a plane yeah and she like so dumb it's it was a weird situation with her superpower basically like that she could basically control people right and you're like since when do we have Superpowers. Superpowers in Sherlock. Like, clearly this is a very X-Men-y kind of thing to have. They broke the rules of their own universe, which I think really ruined it for me. (laughs) You know, it's like, they've always had, like, a kind of larger-than-life set of characters, but they just made her too unrealistic. And it was almost like anything that's been unexplained in the past four seasons, X-Men sister that you didn't know about till right now. Well, and it's interesting to think that they kind of start off the show, like, trying to and they they don't really do it heavily but they do try to portray Sherlock as kind of having a power but I mean the audience knows and everyone else knows that he's just really smart and observant but like they you know Sherlock is kind of supposed to be like this kind of you know but the abnormal is they they explain like He'll do something, and everyone's like, that's remarkable, and then he'll explain how he did it. Yeah. So you're like, oh, because it brings him back down to reality. Right. right? But they don't do that with Europe. No, they don't, and that's a problem, because, like you said, they're breaking the rules of their own reality. The fact that the reason we love the beginnings of Sherlock was because it was taking place in this world, and everybody used technology Mm -hmm. and logic and just, like, forethought to basically do everything and now we have somebody who's used like kind of a superpower as well as technology and forethought and like years and years of planning that we just know nothing about that we have not seen until like the recent season basically since miss me and it just like makes sense that like Moriarty came, recorded some video, and then left and when Moriarty did this whole thing where he was fighting with Sherlock back in season two it was never brought up that he had had this meaning. No. It was not planned. He never mentioned Redbeard. And my, it was Mycroft's fault. Like, Mycroft let Moriarty go see Euros. Like, what did he think? I just... Like, didn't he know that this was going to lead to their demise? You know what I mean? Like, there was no... He didn't think about this. No one thought about the repercussions of this situation. They didn't tie it in well. They all. really didn't. And clearly the writers were not overshadowing like overarching everything the way they did in the first two seasons exactly so what exactly does mycroft do like what's his job he works for he is the english government (laughs) he's like in a high position of like secretive power like somebody who's like like a spy head of mi5 or something like that yeah but he's like got basically all of the british 
um, what are, what am I trying to say? Like the military is at his disposal, the all of the resources at his disposal, mm-hmm. as well as that group of like people who Sherlock talks to all the time in the government, like that woman who put him on the oh, plane. That he had sex with. Who yeah. asked for that? Who was like, I need Mycroft to get some action this season? <laughs> Mark Gaddis, obviously. Mycroft got actually <laughs> a lot of like character development this season. Yeah, I, I think like he him. Like, really important this season. Yeah, he did, and I I thought that he was a little bit more grounded in reality, like than anybody else, than John, than like Sherlock. John was just a jerk the last episode. He really was. He wasn't empathetic. He didn't even care that your his wife just died. I, I mean, it was kind of exciting in the last episode where they figure out that Euros is kind of like the whole situation with like Redbeard and like the well and where she was and like he used the tombstones to figure it out. That was a little bit weird, but it was also like this is kind of harkening back to where we came from, where it's like reading a bunch of letters at once and figuring them out, like magically putting them together and all that, you know. Okay, but why? Okay, here's it wasn't great. Little things that pissed me off. Why does Sherlock have a dog bowl that says Redbeard? Right. If Redbeard was a child. Oh my! God. I know that part was confusing. Well, maybe why? maybe, maybe Minecraft gave it to his him. Sister, that was yeah. so far fetched. It was like slightly believable because it was so traumatic. Okay, but, but think about the situation: a little girl, a little girl kills someone. Yeah. The parents don't know anything, don't do anything, are apparently useless. So this older brother, who must be like, what, like, 17, takes it all upon himself to send his little sister to a prison with this random uncle. What was his name? I wrote it down. Right, like, his parents did nothing. Like, it was Mycroft who sent her everywhere. He was like, no, I can do, like, they were just geniuses. Uncle Rudy. Who, he's like, Uncle Rudy helped me. Who the F is Uncle Rudy? <laughs> oh, yeah, you just rewatched this. Yeah, I you, like, so wrote it down. Like, well, like, okay, who's Uncle Rudy? Why, like, there? it was just so far-fetched that any of this happened. And, I mean, if a child was, um, if a little girl was a murderer, even then, you wouldn't lock her in a cell for the rest of her life. It's, like, inhumane. Well, what would you do? I don't know. She was like an adult. Get some child services. She was a little genius. Like a little murder bad seed, you know? I don't know. Like, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to lock her in a high security prison. That's it. Like, you can't do anything else. Or do you just give her the chair? Like, I don't know. No, you can't kill a child. So you have to, like, put Look at what she turned out to be! Yeah! She's crazy! She's... Who knew that she was gonna have this ability to, like... Control people's minds. So it's weird. just so ridiculous and dumb. Also, oh my god, what really, really, really irks me is in episode one of season of season four, Sherlock goes to John's store after Mary dies and gives her a letter or gives yeah. him a letter, and then that just disappears. Right? Like, what happened to the letter? What What, what was in the letter? And then John is talking to his therapist and is like, Sherlock hasn't tried to contact me. Right, my, the whole therapist situation. A letter. <laughs> That's almost as bad as the dog bowl. Like, there's one. It's one thing to have inconsistencies throughout the entire show, but to have inconsistencies in like one episode, one episode to the next, it's like it's messed up. What was in the letter? It's a fucked up series. That's what it is. Maybe we'll find out in season five. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, when this series ended, I was like, okay, I don't need any more Sherlock. And no. then they're like, five, season five's on the way. I'm like, oh. Uh. They said it, like, in maybe in, like, the far, far future. Yeah, which is basically, like, four years from now, whenever we get the next, like, it goes in groups. We've had four series over seven years. That's, like, a, that's nothing. Were you 13 guys, episodes. <laughs> were you guys paying attention to, like, what the fandom was doing at the, at the, after this happened? No. Probably not. I was so checked out. What happened? <laughs> oh, was, I was so checked out. It was out. madness. Oh, my Ooh, God. It was Please so... enlighten us. I have okay. no idea. I'd love to Emily know. and I, like, don't go online anymore. <laughs> the first episode, I was on, I don't usually go online that much either, but I was during this time. Right, okay. Um, I didn't have a job. So yeah, you were really, like, exploring. <laughs> so tumbling it up. The first episode was so bad that everyone was like, this is, like, gonna be, like, another fake out. Like, how, um, like, Abominable Bride turned out to not be real. Mm. So people were saying, like, look at this inconsistency. Look at this. Look at that. It's not real. Yeah. But, okay, I'm like, no, it's just that bad. What is real, really? It's a show. (laughs) And then the um, last episode uh, got leaked online. Oh, it did? And people were saying it got leaked online on purpose. This is a fake episode. We're all going to watch this fake episode. And then the the last episode is going to be a different, or it's going to have extra content or you know it's like they thought this there was this whole conspiracy is essentially going well, on because the show makes you think that like they they mess with you yeah the they mess time. with the audience so that wouldn't have even surprised me yeah. i mean it was like a russian changing leak. it like it was it almost seemed fake like oh they're doing this for publicity so everyone mm-hmm. was waiting for like this like like they thought that they were gonna you have some big moment like that Sherlock and John were gonna kiss or something like they were holding something back that they were gonna show on TV that they didn't show in the leaked episode okay. but of course the leaked episode was just as bad as no the real episode was just as bad as the leaked episode so everyone also was, so the leaked episode was different no, no it was it was, oh, it was okay. it was okay basically like a coping mechanism for like this isn't real <laughs> it, no, it was it was just that bad Ugh. I mean, there was, like, I make them sound like they were crazy, but there was some, like, decent, um... There, like, the last episode was very horror, horror like, connected. Like, like, it's believable that that wasn't real. Like... Yeah, it it was a lot like a horror movie. There were a lot of um, similarities between, like, Euros and the girl from The Ring, or, you mm-hmm. know, there was a lot of things that happened in it that obviously like saw like it's you see these things and you're like this is obviously taking from horror movies why is it on sherlock you know it wasn't good and we had the clown thing wasn't that in the beginning with the girl yeah so like the whole episode was just riddled with horror themes Mm -hmm. which is fine but it, it just did not match a lot of the other especially the rest of the series and the whole everything that came before it which is like again you want things to adapt you don't want things to be the same this is the the direction that they decided to go in and i think it was a bad direction oh yeah like they could have taken this in a more in a better direction instead of making it more complicated maybe make it a little bit more simple you know they needed to answer the questions that they had set up throughout the whole series and instead they just gave you more questions and they kind of just been like they came up with this mind controlling character 
that's supposed to explain all the inconsistencies. Right. Which was really which just is kind of stupid. Yeah. Because they were so smart in the beginning. They, they covered all their tracks. They cut all the loose ties, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, even with Adler, we were like, okay. Like, we, we were fine with her ending. We were not left no one needed her wandering. To come back. Yeah, yeah, it no was fine, and she didn't come back. So it was like, you know, like, it always... I just feel like we lost... They lost it. Like, it went out of their hands, and they didn't write something that was very complete. They wrote mm-hmm. something that was too... Like, they had four episodes this season, and it didn't tie any loose ends. And you'd think for the amount of time it takes to, for these seasons to be released, which, like, Elsander wrote out all the dates, like, you'd think they'd have enough time to, That's why write, I put to them in write there. something good. you think that they would have planned a little ahead of time where they were going to end the series. Yeah! Because British people like... do that all the time. They know when they're supposed to end series. They know when it's going to be done, and that's it. And then they stop. And they haven't done that. They should have stopped. I mean, they also just kept... Everyone was really ridiculously smart. Everyone from Sherlock mm-hmm. to Mycroft to Adler to Mary to Magnuson to Moriarty to... Culverton. R- all just of these people. building up this kind geniuses. of... Geniuses. And it, uh, made, it underplays Sherlock. It makes him yeah, less interesting. It does. And then everyone is obsessed with Sherlock. There's no... It was cute when it was Moriarty being obsessed with Sherlock. Yeah. Because it was believable. Yeah. But why... Why was Rose obsessed with Sherlock? Why is everyone obsessed with him? You don't really get any... Any reasoning. You know? Even, like, Mary. I mean, Molly. Like, she's an accomplished person. Like, why is she obsessed with him years and years afterward? Right. Like, you get over people. It's not like you just... Yeah, she's hot. She's a doctor or mortician. Well, every time she tries to move on, he's there... Like, making it hard for her to move on. That's the point. But it's like, you don't just do that. It's been years. Like, people, you know? Yeah. People move on. Like, if Molly was doing something else and got settled in some other situation. Well, they showed her moving on. They just backtracked on it. Yeah, they backtracked it, though. I don't think that these writers know how to write compelling female characters. Because that's really, if you think about it, where this series went wrong Mary didn't make any sense her character didn't make any sense so as soon as she was introduced the whole plot of this whole show didn't make any sense and then Euros comes in and you know they're trying to make this badass woman and they just fail because what was the point of her she's been obsessed with Sherlock since she was a little kid like that's not interesting motivation for a character at all yeah well she's just like a psychopath so I mean like not even really that like she just doesn't she's a nothing yeah yeah, she's she's just crazy, and that's it. There's nothing else. Magnuson might have been the most boring villain. He was pretty boring. He had his thing, like he was. He had blackmail that he used to stay in power, and he wanted to blackmail Mycroft because he was the head of the government. That was a believable character motivation. But like, also, Magnuson's blackmail was his brain. Was just knowing things. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's not how it works. You can't legally prove something that's in your head. That's why people have issues. That's why people have problems in the legal system. Because we don't have actual physical evidence for things. Like, that's a stupid character. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he just knew stuff. That was it. 
just... But at least he wasn't obsessed with Sherlock. How many characters yeah, he wasn't. have that's You're right. obsessed with Sherlock? He was He didn't care about him. He was like, whatever. The only character I'm okay with being obsessed with Sherlock is John. That's the only yeah. one I want to see obsessed with. Well, we're obsessed with Sherlock. And Moriarty. And Moriarty, I mean, people yeah. who watch that's the show. What love, that's, well, I guess, love triangle. But that's the triangle that, you know, the kind of first two seasons were set up on. So that made sense. It was this pull between the good and the bad. And then you just threw in all these other angles and it became like a fucking hexagon. And just didn't make any sense anymore. <laughs> it was so sad. Okay, well, shout out to um, Hounds Baskerville. So I love that episode. It's a good episode. And uh, that one was pretty good. I just think series two is definitely my favorite series because um, it was just the most compelling, most well put together, most well rounded. Everything was great, you know. And then after that, got fucked. So I was sad. like legitimately depressed after the last series came out. Oh, because I like it's so invested in this like, yeah. for so long. Just because yeah. it comes back every few years that you just you I wait was, for it anxiously. I was so invested, and to see that outcome was, and then to see the the creators kind of be jerks about it afterward. Yeah, totally disillusioned. It's upsetting. Well, any other any last words? Just wait a few more years. Someone else will make another spinoff for Sherlock. I've heard Elementary's is it good? I think I've heard I've heard it's pretty good. I honestly have no idea. I don't know anybody. I'm not, not, I'm not interested. I'm kind of I do detective stuff right now. But... I, I do like that actor though. Um, what's his name? Lucy Liu? Uh, no, the actor who's in he's in Train Spotting too. I know. I don't know his name. He's Miller? great though. Miller. Oh yeah, Miller. Yeah. Yeah, he is good. He's great. Eh, I don't know. I haven't. I mean, maybe not as Sherlock though. I haven't. I haven't seen him as Sherlock. It's not a bad show. Um, but we saw him in Frankenstein. Remember, when he was amazing as Frankenstein. Oh, that was so good. Wasn't he great? Yeah. <sighs> Man, yeah. But that was great. <laughs> I mean, I really like the kind of um, homoeroticism between Sherlock and John. So when they made John a woman, um, they wanted to keep it from being too gimmicky, so they made it, like, there's no, like, it's so obvious that there there could be no interpretation that they're in any way, um, like, romantically drawn toward each other. Mm. So it takes out that element, because I'd argue even in the books, there's always that, that kind of element. Like, you could always kind of root for it. But you know that that's the point of elementary, because one's a man and one's a woman, so you're like, oh, obviously they're going to end up together. But they didn't do that because they didn't want it to be cliche. Oh, they didn't? So, yeah, ironically... Uh. The version where it's a man and a woman is the least um, romantic subtext out yeah. of any. I mean, because you watch like they the do. Robert Downey Jr. version, and they almost lost the copyright to that. Yeah, because they had made him too uh, queer. Yeah, he's he's good at that though. <laughs> <laughs> that was baby's first, baby's first Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I was also going to bring up Euros is played by Cian Brooke. Did you see the Hamlet that Benedict was in? Mm-hmm. That is the Ophelia. Uh, that makes sense. I hated her. She was terrible. That was the worst part of the whole Hamlet. The rest of it was amazing. She was terribly annoying. And I looked it up later and I was like... <gasps> she just ruins everything. I was like... 
That makes so much sense why I didn't like her as Ophelia and then she's hit like terribly. I mean, she's not awful in Sherlock, but it's just like... I don't think it was the actress's fault, though. She was handed a pretty shitty character. <sighs> yeah, but her voice is like shrill in Hamlet. Like, mm-hmm. I just did not like her character. I just did not like her Ophelia. I understand that Ophelia is a very problematic character, because she is. And I'm not going to say it's all C.N. Brooke's fault, but goodness. Can we backtrack a tiny bit? I yeah. want to ask you guys how you felt about John cheating. Like, that was probably one of the biggest... Upsets? Upsets, twists. So he never slept with the other old lady. They, no. they would just text and kind of like flirt, right? Right. I think so. I was pissed. <laughs> because I, I love I was I really liked real Mary. pissed. I really liked Mary. But John was never happy with Mary. Even like in the very beginning of their of their marriage, he was like anxious and like he would bike to work to avoid having to drive with her in the car. And he yeah. like went into the drug den. Because he, he couldn't do like the mundane life. You can't so, do it. While yeah. it's upsetting, I kind of didn't think it was too out of character. But then the second he found out that she was more exciting, that still didn't help things? Yeah, like, she's a spy. That's cool. He didn't think that was interesting enough? Well, because the second he found out, like, it seemed like it... I feel like I remember John being angry for a really long time. Like, at Mary, for just different things. Like, one, for, for not telling him. him yeah. Yeah. And then for another thing, and then for another thing. So, yeah, I guess. Well, that's why I kind of feel like the only interpretation of these characters that makes sense is that, you know, there's something, like, let's say platonically, but Sherlock and John need each other. Mm -hmm. So, like, John being separated from Sherlock, um, more just because of circumstance, because he only married Mary because he thought Sherlock died. So it's like he blames Mary for kind of not being what he wanted, which was what he wanted was being a Sherlock. Mm. And then he blames Sherlock for Mary's death when really he's just feeling guilty that he cheated. Yeah. And I think he points fingers at Sherlock because he's saying like, look, I'm not happy in my marriage because of you. Yeah. Because I, you know, I want to be with with you essentially. I want to be back in Baker Street. So he was never going to be happy with Mary. Yeah. And in the end... It's two men and a baby, and you're like, okay, great. They're going to raise this kid. It's going to be adorable as fuck. I would, like, let's just get, like, a sitcom. That's why I thought it was going to be done. (laughs) Yeah, we're like, maybe the the tone of the the fifth season will be like, which preschool should we send our kid to? (laughs) Yeah, our kid. Like, everything is together now. At what age age is that baby going to need its own room? Because there are only two rooms in Baker Street. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just saying. You live downstairs with uh, Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson, yeah. Or, you know. Okay, Mrs. Hudson like, drives that awesome car. I feel like we've gone... We've gone too we've much. We've gone too far without talking about Mrs. Hudson. <laughs> 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 we haven't even brought her up at all. Oh, I know. We t- I think... Also that we that's such an Also that we love Speedies. Just gonna, oh, just gonna put it out there. Speedies is great. Speedies is amazing. Anyways, continue. Mrs. Hudson. Yeah. She, she's great from the beginning. She's I, so I, I, badass. I even like how crazy she gets later. Yeah, like with her car. Like yeah, like just with, with how accelerated people's the the characters um, storylines get. Like I just love hers. She also understands people so well. Like when 
she kind of like makes fun of Mycroft for trying to figure out like what Sherlock was up to and like she's like oh you're trying to figure out what what Sir, what Sherlock's doing by using logic Sherlock mm-hmm. is only motivated by his emotions and by his heart mm-hmm. and they're like surprised that she says that but it's like so accurate like she knew him like so much better than yeah she's good she's a good character and I don't think they overuse her but they should use her more yeah I mean I, I they never gave her a storyline no yeah, at least not a very solid one. Like, they, they kind of gave you well, bits Well, Una Stubbs is actually... She's, like, a pretty, like, well-known and classic British uh, actress. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of stuck her in there as, like, a... This is a good... A good actress to have on our roster of people in the show. She also is, like... um, Like, Benedict Cumberbatch, like, grew up with her being, like... A motherly figure to him. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like super cute. Yeah. It makes and a lot of sh- sense. And Benedict's parents actually being in the episode. Yeah. That was adorable. His <laughs> parents were just like so irrelevant. <laughs> They're so, especially in the last episode. Like you're just like, what? Shouldn't right, Sherlock's parents. No, they just like talk on the phone like, oh, so sh- she got out? And you're like, what? Well, they thought she was dead. This is your child. Like, you people are... What is up with you? You have no touch with your own children at all? Like, no. They just don't. They're just completely in la-la land. Like, no, our kids are geniuses, but we never talk to them. To be fair, I think it was really difficult to tie in parents to the storyline with the kids that they are trying to go for. It could have been a way better story or some other kind of situation if they had tied in the parents. The story was just so bad. I know. There was right. no way to do anything There's just that no could way. overcome it. They should have just scrapped the whole thing and just started over. Just make Mary Moran and make her the arch villainess. It would have been epic. I'm gonna rewrite this series and I'm gonna make that happen. <laughs> From what episode on? From Abominable Bride on. Okay. And I'm going to hire Ben to come back to <laughs> Freeman. And they're going to make room in their schedule. I'm going to be like, guys, we're going to do this right. Come back. That's what Emily and I did for Wonder Woman. We were like, you know what? We don't like the end. We're just going to pretend oh, it didn't happen. And we just do other things. I mean, that was what we were saying. I mean, like, we basically are like, mm-hmm. no, we, we actually are going to just adopt our own headcanon and just pretend it did this instead. Oh, my headcanon, my fix-it headcanon, is that Culverton has been drugging Sherlock since um abominable bride mm-hmm. and because mm. sherlock's always used cocaine yeah so he shouldn't be overdosing on that because he uses it responsibly and you know as responsibly as you can use cocaine so it's this other drug that's kind of causing these hallucinations uh-huh. and so anything that doesn't make sense throughout season four i'm just gonna be like it was a hallucination it isn't he was real. sleeping on his couch and this yeah. was happening in his head the only thing that happened is that they hugged and that Mrs. Hudson has a sports car. Everything else he made up in his head. And their poor, like, apartment blew up. Oh my god, the CGI, though. <gasps> the CGI. I can't believe their apartment blew up. I can't believe that CGI. I did like that scene, though. I liked it enough. It wasn't <laughs> the worst thing. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I got. I'm not gonna say anything else. Let me think. How long have we been? I feel like we've been going on for a while. <laughs> like an hour or so. Oh, really? Okay, not no. too bad. Um, is there any list? 
my notes. We got all the villains. Crunchy. Sorry. Over there. I'm crinkling. Remember that girl Stella that they introduced? She was like another officer. They introduced her for like five seconds. Oh, the one with um Anderson? No, Anderson. no, no. They introduced her in season four oh, when no she mind. comes to talk to Sherlock and she's talking to Greg. And I was like, that's interesting. They're introducing a new person. I don't remember her. And then, wait. <laughs> so they introduce her. Her name was Stella. She's a real person. And then she just leaves and, like, nothing. There was no reason to introduce a new character. She wasn't relevant to the story. I was like, are they going to make her, like, a love interest for we Greg? We also haven't talked about Greg. I know. Because he was nothing this season. Oh, yeah, you're right. I do like Greg, though. He's good. Yeah. He's a he's a funny character. I like I like how they kind of, they just make him like the little dummy. Cop. Well, he's just realistic, and yeah. in the in a series with so many crazy over the top characters, just to have this like average guy, it's nice. Yeah, everybody's a little bit too interesting. It's not uh, it's not believable at all. Well, I think when you know people were thinking that Mary was going to be basically an agent under Moriarty, um, what that kind of uh, theory presented was that so many of the people that we meet are there because Moriarty placed them there. Mm-hmm. So that explains why, for example, this eight, this spy just happens to be, out of all the women in all London, the one that John falls in love with, and why her, her maid of honor just happens to be the secretary of Magnuson and... Like, all these, like, ridiculous coincidences. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they were going to kind of tie together. But no, they're just ridiculous coincidences that John just happens to marry a spy. And I liked that little part in the... F- where it was Euros who came to talk about her, like, dead... What was it? Like, Sherlock was talking with this woman... And then it turned out it was, like, all in his head. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was... Was that where the dialogue was really good on that scene? Yeah, I did like that part. Do you know what I'm talking about? I liked it until it was Euros. Yeah. Until I was talking to, like, a therapist or something? No, to this woman who came and... He thought it was Culverton Smith's daughter. Yes. But it was... Oh, that's right. That's right. And he kind of flirted with her... And then it was like, ha, it's your sister. But it was a different woman who played her? No, it was the same woman. Um. Same actress. Uh, oh, yeah. Because Culverton's daughter looked a lot like C.N. Brooke. Yeah, he did flirt with her. <sighs> so weird. <laughs> so odd. So awkward. Everything is so weird. Yeah, done now. It's like his sister. His sister. Just who's obsessed with him for whatever reason. Filling the hours and a half that the show has to go on for. The dialogue was good, though. It the was. Whole, I mean, the fact that they basically portrayed Sherlock as, as suicidal. Um, essentially, as soon as John gets married, Sherlock has been suicidal in this series since then. Yep. Since, like, the beginning of the third episode, he's, like, in a meth, you know... Den. Pr- yeah, Den, just like... What are you doing? You're like killing yourself. He's like, I know what I'm doing. I mean, he also, <laughs> when he goes on the plane and in his brain, he's never going to return back to Baker Street. So 
Sherlock knows how much drugs will kill him, and he intentionally takes enough to overdose. So, like, he literally, like, attempts suicide, and that's what we get from Abominable Bride. It's a... Hmm. He's a complicated guy. (laughs) It's interesting that they're able to fit. Like, because, okay, so the plane... The plane flies off and then has a turnaround. That's right. And then so all all in that takeoff and turnaround, all of abominable. Abominable. No, say again. Abominable. No, 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 <laughs> it's so weird. So I'm I'm curious. So I stopped I stopped Doctor Who after Tenet. Yeah. So well. Oh yeah. I did. I I, I, I was halfway I, through Matt. Yeah, I watched Smith. I watched half of Matt. He was my first Doctor. No, we started at nine. Yeah, I started, I started at eleven, the... nine, ten. Mm. I'm I'm probably not going to continue watching it. No, but um, so does does Mofat get crazy in Doctor Who as well or no? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Like, Everything gets really fucky, and it's the same situation where he can't seem to write strong female characters. So yeah. He writes these flimsy characters that are so just reliant on the doctor. Yeah. Um, That's why I don't like Clara. Stop. Oh, she ruined it. I stopped. Amy was good. As soon as Amy and Rory's story was done, I stopped. I couldn't watch it anymore. I was like, mm, mm, I'm done with this. This yeah, is good for me. For me. She is basically a hash out of Rose. Yeah. But without being as interesting. I love Rose. Yeah, I didn't like how the seasons were laid out and like what happened. I, so I just never, I never, it never stuck to me because like, it's not a very sticky show. I don't think it is. Yeah, because how it like, yeah, because from like remembering a season of Tenant, like they'll kind of bring up the bad guy kind of in the in the beginning, and then nothing else will happen about him until the very end, like the end, like three episodes or something. I don't know. They're like... It was good to watch when painting my nails. I think the fans put a lot of trust into these writers thinking they have a plan for us. They know what is up. They know how to fix things and how to figure everything out. And in reality, they just don't. Yeah, that's most... <laughs> and it's so... Accurate. And I I know how... It's very hard to write a television show. Like, it, it's not like it's easy for just two people or whatever to create and write a show... But that's why they have teams of writers for this. They they and have. There shouldn't teams. be inconsistencies like the letter. Like that was there shouldn't so be. easy to be avoided. Yeah, there's a lot of things that just could have been patched up way better. To be fair, though, I think that the fandom also, like, I mean, like I said before, I'm an English major, so I'm all for analyzing the crap out of something. But you have to be realistic in knowing that. Just because you can make a sound analysis doesn't mean that that's the reality of what the show's actually doing. So they were making like some really interesting, good analysis out of this show, and usually in relation to the relationship between John and Sherlock, and um, just there's a series online. It's called TG TJLK Explain, like the John Locke theory explained. Mm-hmm. And it's like this big, um, 
uh, it's just like the whole like analysis of of the show and but like literally they would see things like the way the light is on or off represents lust or like like they were really putting way 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 too much um thought into what they thought the writers were doing and the writers there's no way the writers could have accomplished all that the truth is a lot of directors a lot of people who write things don't look like they try to be able to control everything that's going on in the scene and some directors are really good at that but sometimes it's just people can glean whatever they want out of art because art is not just about the creator it's about how people uh, receive it and internalize it and spit it back out. You know, most definitely. And I think that's why it's fun and it's interesting it is, to make yeah. that analysis. Yeah. But when the next series comes out, you can't expect all of your brilliant analysis to actually come to fruition in yeah. any kind of way. Because this is something that is ongoing. If mm-hmm. it was like one film. If it was done. Analyze the shit out of it. Like, you can do that. Because then no one can tell you you're wrong. Yeah, because you, even the director, could be like, I never saw about that way. Maybe you're right. Like, that's what they say. They're like, oh, I'm glad that you uh, thought about something I made differently than I intended it to because everybody thinks of things differently and that's like your own life related to whatever you're watching, right? But like, if it's an ongoing show, people can expect it to be exactly the way you want it to be because you're not the one creating it. Like... Other people are, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, eh, it's annoying that this was really shitty. Maybe the next series won't be so shitty. Yeah, it was a combination, <laughs> I think, of the ridiculously high standards plus the yeah. really shitty show. That really made it, like, yeah. erupt in shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It could have been a better structured script. Could have been a better structured three-part series or mm-hmm. whatever. And because it was, like, and if, even if things happened that we didn't like in those things, it would have been uh, falling back on the better script, falling back on mm-hmm. the better editing. But in this case, shitty editing, shitty script, like, there was it really was nothing. too much. There it was, was not, it was just nothing to. to, like, and I mean, we're hammering on this really hard because we really like this show. Like, I feel like if we didn't care this much, we if wouldn't be talking about two, it. Season two and arguably three weren't so good, <laughs> yeah. season four wouldn't have been such a letdown. Yeah. It just didn't even feel like the whole show felt It didn't like, feel like it didn't feel like Sherlock. No. I don't know. I, I, I do remember feeling that way about the fourth about, about the fourth season, just being so out of place. Mm-hmm. Out of like not even not even like it connected anymore. Emotionally connective. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like just Different the first vibe. two seasons are so great just with how the crime, the cases, so the cases are so well developed and mm-hmm. smart and clever. They kept but then, it small, but then you still get yeah. some character development in there. Like it's a really good balance of the two, and then, like, kind of, at the end of season three, it kind of just abrupts into this chaotic. There is a beauty in simplicity, and people don't <clears throat> see that well, anymore. They went for this kind of big, flashy, um, dramatic, like, heavily edited, by the way. Like, like they thought it was a there. Bond movie or yeah. something. Yeah, extremely edited. And they just lost the spirit of the show. 
Like, it felt like, you know, when you, like, watch, like, a TV show, like, say, Even Stevens, and then they, like, make a movie out of it, and it's, like, the same set, but suddenly it's, like, better quality, and right. it feels weird. Yeah. Like, That's or, like, Serenity like with, like, Firefly. Yeah. Wait, did you watch Serenity yet? No, not yet. So, they made a movie out of the, the show, basically. And it's, like, the same people, but it's just yeah. weird. It's, but it's higher budget, so everything works better. Well, yeah, it's, it's supposedly really good. So yeah. It's like, yeah. But Sherlock already had a high budget. Like, it was already really well made, even if it didn't have, like, the super highest budget, you know? Like, in this recent season, you could tell they spent a lot of money on it. But it was more just like, we're just going to spend money, and we're that's going to make it better. throw money at it, yeah. And, and it's it like, didn't make it better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, yeah. John was tied to the bottom of a well. His legs were chained. And as a solution, Sherlock throws him a rope. Like, that wouldn't have helped him. He's chained to the bottom of the well. Or, like, the glass. Like, this is the most observant man in the world. You're trying to tell me he can't see that there's no glass in front of him? I know! Like, just these moments of just pure... Stupidity. <laughs> just so stupid. Sorry, I just watched that episode like a day ago. Yeah, you did. It's fresh. The glass part. It's fresh. That's right. That is really fresh. Mm. Okay. I remember that part being crazy. <laughs> the moo. Oh my god. <laughs> Can we listen to that again? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> we'll end it with the moo. Okay. So uh, you can Wait, find... I ask some questions. Oh, you do? Yeah. What questions? What was like, what was everyone's favorite like funny moment in Sherlock? The whole, the whole Sherlock? Yeah. Like just like, I don't know, just like a weird banter between... Oh, between Mycroft and Sherlock and or something. Nice note. That's a good idea. That is good. Yeah, like what was? I remember. Oh my god, I was trying to think. Wasn't there something really funny that Mycroft did, like in the fourth season? I remember Mycroft being like hilarious in the fourth season. He was pretty funny. Like, what did he? I can't even remember. Like, <sighs> Mycroft. Yeah, he was watching that like soap opera thing. That was interesting. Something a soap opera. I like. I like when they're drunk. <laughs> Yes, that. that's pretty funny. That one was pretty funny. I, I like was... that they're drinking beer out of the graduated cylinders. Yes, yeah. and when Sherlock comes out, he has a um, like you know the the perfect man drawing that like sketch mm-hmm. of, like the man. Mm-hmm. He has that, and he glued John's face on top of it, <laughs> which is totally extra. And, <laughs> and he was like, Molly, you gotta help me. Like, how much alcohol can we? give John so that he's perfectly drunk but not like too drunk yeah and then John slips in extra shots and they just get wasted <laughs> so good <laughs> and it's so funny they're playing that game yeah that was that was a funny that was a funny was scene cute. and like they're yeah. I, this is like a very small thing that I find to be really cute was in that scene their chairs are pushed closer together than they usually are in the living yes. room yes yes the staging when they were closer they drunkenly Pushed yeah. their chairs closer together. It's cute. Taped little things on their head, and yeah. just the two of them are playing like a drinking game. Like yeah, they're playing the like twenty foot questions game. Yeah, it's really fun. It's it's a sweet moment. Mm, yeah. Also, I'll, I'll I'll agree with you on <laughs> on that moment. <laughs> yeah, there's some really like nice conversations between Sherlock and John, and I do like when Sherlock is. It's kind of snarky about things. Yeah. And when he feels like... like he's on top of the world, because that's when we get some really great Benedict um, 
joy moments that I think Benedict is so good at being joyful. You know, he's got such a youth to him the, the in a lot of things, ways. The yeah. little things that Sherlock does for John are just like such subtle ways of just showing John that like, because like Sherlock's obviously not very good at communicating his emotions, but he'll do little things to like when he steals an ashtray um, in the scandal in Belgravia. Mm-hmm. John's jokes about stealing an ashtray, and so when they're driving home, um, Sherlock pulls an ashtray out from his coat, and they just start giggling. Yeah, <laughs> you know That's that was nice. such a nice little thing that he did to like yeah. make his friend smile. Yeah, that's cute. That's nice. I also had the uh, scandal ringtone on my phone for years. Oh, I remember when I was like, I guess I had to have been like 14 or something. We would record ourselves going, ah. Yeah. And try to set that as our text alert. Yeah, that was like, wasn't it yours for a while too? Like I just recently changed it. Because I saw this last season and I was like, I'm not, I don't want this anymore. I still have it. <laughs> I need to. I recently like reset my phone and I had to like. People would put be my... so confused every time it went off. They'd be like, "What was that?" I'd be like, my phone's never. Oh, I always had, you know, what my ringtone was. It was. Well, you can tell by the way I use my phone. No time to talk. That's perfect. It's like, amazing. That was for, that was a while. That's good. I had That's that. Funny. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. That was, a, was that was a great moment. Oh, I remember when our friend Casey was, um, she wanted me to make her a ringtone of the, like, there's a video online of when, in Hounds of Baskerville, when John is, like, saying, like, no, it's not! It's no, not! It's okay. not! And he's, like, yelling. Yeah. Well, someone put it on YouTube and made it really high-pitched, <laughs> and Casey wanted me to make her a ringtone of that. It's not! It's not okay! It's not okay! No, it's not! It's not okay! So good. So yeah, like, he's hilarious. Like, the first two seasons are golden. Like, they're so funny, and they're so right. cute and quirky. Punch me in the face. I always hear punch me in the face, but it's usually subtext. <laughs> Very they There are some great I do love lines Hounds too. Like I really like that that one. Like Hounds is great. There's some really great like one liners in this. Yeah. There was some really brilliant writing in the first two seasons. There really was. You know when they go into Okay, so like I'm just gonna keep throwing them out there because there's a lot of little things that they do that are so extra. When in Hounds when they go and there's the uh gay um workers at the at the hotel they're staying at, mm-hmm. at the inn, and he's like, "Oh, is yours a snore?" And um, and then John just is like, he usually corrects people when they assume that they're a couple, but he's just like, "Got any crisps?" Um, but in that scene, if you look closely, the gay couple are dressed in the same shirts oh, that John yeah. and Sherlock wear in that episode. Yeah, I was like, that costume director was like, "That's what? good." Making some some jokes, throwing some jokes in there. Mm-hmm. But little things like that makes you think that they put a lot of effort into this show. And then for the last they, season, they to did. Not... The production design is just gr- like so amazing. Like their so, whole apartment. Yeah, the apartment, is the costumes, the makeup, like everything is really well made. Did you catch the elephants in the in which one? They they put a lot of little elephants in the set. Like they would hide elephants in the set. Oh, I yeah, I remember that. They put lots of stuff in there, but like... but it was like because remember when John, Sherlock's like, oh, 
I won't even mention the elephant in the room. And then there was like the elephant in the room. <laughs> so the the costume designers yeah. would keep putting elephants. Like that's so little, cute. That's little cute. things. Yeah. Well, like I, they work really hard on it. Like I love. I'm always about the art. Like I love really good production design. Really well made. Like it's iconic. You know, like his outfit. Like Sherlock's outfits. Like I love how women um, are that parallel Sherlock get to wear the, the black coat like Irene wears the black coat mm-hmm. when Mary dies and it's kind of like this like subconscious recreation that John makes she's wearing the black coat and so it it kind of like tells you right away like this person is gonna parallel Sherlock because they're gonna be wearing this iconic like little touches like that like those are mm-hmm. those are really interesting choices I never thought of that I like that yeah a lot of shot thought into this stupid show. <laughs> oh, come on, you still have the first three seasons. So you can still reminisce about the good times of those. Yeah. Yeah. It's alright. You know, you can do that with, with any with any franchise. I'm yeah. completely forgetting about the last two pirates. Completely completely oh. fine. It's fine. We're gonna bring that up again. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Oh, you know, yes. that's why I mentioned to Alessandra, I was like, I really liked your Pirates of the Caribbean because I liked how you guys just like talked crap about it the entire time we so took i was like you need to let me talk like, crap about yeah. sherlock the segue that was a wonderful comment you just gave carissa oh yeah you guys can leave a comment <laughs> <laughs> you can email us at i'll buy the popcorn at gmail.com or i'll buy the popcorn podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on twitter with the twitter handle by the Popcorn. Yes. I forget it. At Buy the Popcorn. And then we're also on Facebook. And SoundCloud. And iTunes. And iTunes. Please listen. And if you could give us five star rating on iTunes and leave a review, that would be like amazing. It doesn't have to be five stars. Leave us an honest one. Thank you. <laughs> Just leave us one. We'd like one. We'd like one, please. We'll, we'll, give, you, um, we'll give you a John Moo. Oh, yes. It, a John Moo for the end. Oh, the, yes. For the five-star rating. Here we go. Don't you dare. You may have... Oh, wait. <laughs> Is that not it? Dang <laughs> it. Dang, this is after. Is it after? <laughs> I'm Carissa. getting really bad at this. Okay. Wait. Is this the one? <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's so elusive. I can, I can never find it. But <laughs> okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.